Welcome to the Inspired Word of God. My name is Marcia. The message today is called Carnal Fear Will Rob You of Blessings. To be carnal is about or characterized by the flesh or the body, its passions and appetites. It's not spiritual. It's merely human. Carnal fear will cost you a blessing. And I want to talk about in the Old Testament, in the book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 1 through 33. I'm just going to paraphrase it. But God had brought the nation of Israel into the land that he wanted them to take possession. Canaan, a land of milk and honey. He sent spies out to scope the area and come back and give report. And in Numbers chapter 13, 1 through 33, this takes place. The spies come back and they give report to Moses of what they found. They found wonderful things there. And their report caused rebellion in the nation of Israel. They are determined at this point, after hearing this report, that they are not going to go and take possession of that land. Why would a people rise in rebellion like that? It is because of the poor presentation the spies gave them. I understand the view of the spies, what they went through, what they observed, and I understand the mindset that put them in that attitude and say all the things that they said to the people. What I am having trouble with is the fact that these are the people who went on a journey with God. These are the people he led out of Egypt, out of bondage. These are the people that he performed many miracles before in an effort to help them, to save them, protect them, provide for them. And the whole time he is with them. He never leaves them. And he continues to do miracle after miracle for them. So when they come to this land that he wants them to take possession of, they see giants in the land. And those giants terrified them to the point that they said it can't be done. And we're talking about a God who opened the sea for them to walk on dry land to get away from Pharaoh and his army. We're talking about a God who provided them with meat and manna and provided them with light by day and night and protection. But when they come up against flesh and blood, just because it's gigantic, they say, I can't, we can't. The report of giants intimidated them scared the people because their sight scared the spies. And the spies came back and scared the people, despite the miracles that were witnessed by God. 
they were focused on their fear and their fear begat panic panic that this could not happen this could not be done and and why were they here and they might as well go back to where they came from this was an old testament but in our present day how many of us will miss blessings that god has for us because someone or something causes a fear in us that triggers such panic to the magnitude that we're willing to go backwards into bondage because that's what happened with them they were willing to go backwards into Egypt into bondage because they didn't want to face the giants numbers 13:30 i want to read that because after the spies gave their report of everything that they saw but they could not inhabit the land because of the statue of the men the statue of the men Caleb had a different attitude it says and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it so Caleb seems to be the only one here who remembers all the awesome things all the awesome wonders and miracles that God performed for them now he knows that they can't do this by their own flesh they have to have the power of god behind them but he's the only one that has the excitement to say to say well let's go do this we're more than able we can overcome we can take it instead the men who gave the report did not do it with enthusiasm they presented themselves in a defeated stance while they were giving the report so everybody looked at them as already defeated there's no way you're going to go in there and be victorious with that attitude try for a minute to envision what they saw because they described grapes that were so huge on branches that they cut that they had to transport those grapes back tied to a staff carried between two men can you imagine grapes that big on a branch that two men have to secure it on a staff and carry it between them back to camp i can't i mean i see grapes that fit in my hand i can't imagine it but it says it was so so that's the kind of wealth this land had Oh, land of milk and honey is what God called it. So they knew that there was fertile ground. They knew it was rich in wealth, in soil, in vegetation, in fruit, veg in vegetables, in food. But they still allowed the notion of the giants to deter them from having what the lord intended for them to have as a blessing numbers 1331 through 33 but the men that went up with him said 
we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which had spied out unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that is eat up with inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come of the Nephilim. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. So I get it. They're tiny. They're, they're looking like the size of grasshoppers compared to these giants. But this is no ordinary journey. And that's what we have to remember when God puts us on a path. When he puts us on a path and he puts us on a journey for a purpose, it's not an ordinary journey. It's not your everyday hike or your everyday trip that you're just going to jump in the car and go for your own pleasure. When he puts you on a path to do something, there is purpose behind it. And if there's purpose behind it and he sends you in the first place, he's not going to leave you. He's going to stay with you through it all. And he was still with them. And he was angry at them for their rebellion and refusal to go in and take the land because he brought it to them. He literally laid it at their feet, so to speak. Numbers 14, 1 through 4. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would that we have died in the land of Egypt, or would that we have died in this wilderness? And wherefore does the Lord bring us unto this land to fall by the sword. Our wives and our little ones will be a prey. Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. The people have just lost all sense of their thought processes. It's true, they only have the word of the scouts who actually went into the land. So that report is intimidating and scary. So that part I will give them. But while they're saying it's impossible to inhabit the land and they need to go back from where they come from, they don't stop for a minute to say, hey Moses, what about God? Can you talk to God for us? What, what do we do about this? Nobody says anything about that. And in their discussion about turning backwards, it's Aaron and Moses who fall on their face before the assembly. And they're doing this in an effort to say, stop, hold up, wait a minute. You're going about this the wrong way. And Joshua and Caleb, who also are listening to this, they rent their clothing 
which is they tear their clothing in a display of mourning and turmoil over what they're listening to. Because these four men understand where they've come from and who brought them there and how they can have the blessing that the Lord intended for them to have. But you have thousands upon thousands of people who are murmuring and complaining and talking about this was a wasted trip. We just might as well turn right back around and go back where we come from. But yet they're not even thinking about, well, how are you going to get back across that sea? Do you think you can touch it and open it back up? They're not thinking straight. They did not take the time to put themselves in a state of praying and waiting to hear what God had to say next, to see what the next move would be in order to go in and take the land. Be aware and be careful of people that can block your blessings because of their fear. That is why it is so important to talk to God for yourself. It is important to have that relationship with him. And I know that I drive this point home a lot in my episodes that I do, but I can't stress it enough. You have to have a relationship with him. You have to be able to talk to him and pray to him and wait for him to move in your life and give you direction so that you don't make the wrong turn. There's times when you have to testify to yourself, preach to yourself if you have to, to remind you of who God is in your life, to remind you of the things that he has done for you. I mean, you've got people standing all around you saying, no, you can't do this, no, you can't do that, no, we can't do this. But if you know what God has done for you because he has walked you through it, don't stand there and let someone tell you what God cannot do for you and what God will not do for you. If they don't want to believe in him, that's their choice. If they say they believe, but they're struggling with some faith, then pray for them. But do not let someone tell you what God can and will do for you or won't do for you when you know different. God will prick your heart or whisper in your ear or lay something heavy in your spirit that he wants you to do or somewhere that he wants you to go. And every time we will allow a joyless Jane, a depressed Dan, or a mean Marsha to stop us. And I'm sorry for the Janes and the Dans and even the other Marshas out there that I use your name and my name, but I'm trying to drive home a point here. You cannot let people dictate what you should be doing, especially when it comes to you and God. That is a spiritual connection, a personal connection between you and him. And if he's talking to them, then great. But if he's talking to you, you need to be listening to what he's saying. We all come up in a situation where we really need immediate answers from the Lord. 
And I call it a short on time, long on need kind of prayer. And I know when I say, Lord, it's a, a long on need, short on time kind of prayer. I know that he already knows what I'm up against because he knew it before I knew it. But that's my 911 call to God. You may have a different one, but the important thing is to have one. I highly recommend that if you don't have one, you get one. Numbers 14, 7 through 9, and it reads, And they spoke unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to spy it out is exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it unto us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is removed from over them, and the Lord is with us, fear them not. This is the advice they should have taken, because God led them here for this very purpose. In Numbers 14.10, it said, But all the congregation begged stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meeting unto the children of Israel. Numbers 14.11 and 12, And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people despise me? How long will they not believe in me for all the signs which I have wrought among them? I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit them and will make thee a nation greater and mightier than they. The Lord was ready to be done with this group of people, but Moses interceded for them and God pardoned them. But their sins and their actions still carried consequence. Because in Numbers 4.22-24, to 24, this is what took place. Because all those men that have seen my glory and my signs, which I wrought in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet have tempted me these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swore unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that despise me see it. But the servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land, whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. It says in Numbers 14.27, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation that murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Say unto them, I live, saith the Lord, surely as ye have spoken in my ear, so will I do to you. Your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from twenty years old and upward, that have murmured against me. Surely you shall not come into the land concerning which I swear I would make you dwell therein, save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. But your little ones, 
that ye say should be a prey, them will I bring in, and they shall know the land which you have rejected. But as for you, your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness. Those who took possession of this land of milk and honey were the little children who grew up. They received the inheritance of the land. Caleb and Joshua were the only two adults out of all of those individuals that come to this land that actually went in to inhabit it. Caleb, Joshua, and the children who grew up. All of the others who murmured against the Lord, who didn't believe, who rebelled, they wandered for 40 years until they all died off. Even Moses was prevented from going in to possess this land because he had dishonored God in disobedience by striking a rock instead of speaking to the rock that God told him to speak to so water would come out of it. So he was told some time ago that he would not make it into this land of milk and honey, but God allowed him to see it before he died. This Old Testament occurrence is still relevant today. How hard is it to follow God? To me, the hard part is getting someone to believe in God. But once you come to that knowledge that God is real, and once you have experienced the blessings of God and his miracles in your life, it's a matter of communicating with him, waiting on him, and trusting him to bring you into your blessing, to take you where he wants you to go. Whatever that way is that he is sending you, and for whatever purpose you are to go there, the key is trusting him and waiting on him and praying to him, but not allowing someone else to come along and block you of what God has for you. Don't allow people to talk you out of what God is telling you to do. Often we look to other people to give us confirmation, but you don't always need another person to give you confirmation because when God makes the situation happen in your favor, that's all the confirmation that you need. My closing prayer, Lord, I pray for the staying power, the staying power it takes for us to know that as long as we trust you, that you will not leave us or forsake us. You are still in the healing business, the prayer answering business, and the deliverance business because you do not change. You're the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. It's people who change. Let us reap the harvest of your blessings that are not visible in the crisis that we face. They are hidden from our troubles because they are manifested by your hands when the time comes. I pray that we stand still and trust you, that we pray and we not allow fear to rob us of the blessings that await us. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen.